0: Hi everyone, it's Michelle. Welcome back. I know it's been a while, it's been almost a year, but I want to thank you for showing up and thank you for joining me today. And I hope everyone's day, no matter where you are, is going well right now. This year has been filled with fear, pain, and doubt, but Also through all of this, fear, pain and doubt, we should also be able to see a lot of hope and a lot of shifting and a lot of moving forward. I've given myself the time to step back and really see how I could be using my platform to properly propel forward during this pandemic and this movement. And I wanna thank each and every one of you who has been a part of this community you inspire me and you motivate me to keep moving forward and with that i just want to say that i hope that in some way i can inspire you and i hope that my platform leaves you inspired and i hope that my guests and the conversations that i'm fostering leave you inspired to move forward and to be the best version of yourselves I didn't want to spend too much time on my personal intro for the season, but I knew that it had to be done. So I want to shift focus on our first guest for the season of Lemon Water. And I'm so excited to have my incredible friend, Evelyn, with us here today. Um, I've been watching Evelyn's journey for over three years, and she continues to inspire me in all that she does. And Evelyn is the creator and founder of Hike Club, which is an intersectional women's hiking club based out of LA. And in today's episode, we discuss how Evelyn's upbringing inspired her wellness journey, and we talk about her activism since a very young age. We also get into the importance of representation, and she goes into how and why she started Hike Club. Um, Evelyn is someone who I look up to and I hope that you find her story very inspiring and motivating. Before we start, I also just want to take the time to communicate that this season we'll have various brand sponsorships and while I thank the brand's for supporting me and working with me and allowing me to do what I love to do, I just want to address that. If you hear a sponsorship for supplements or skincare, just be mindful and know that I'm in no way telling you that you need to go and run out and purchase these products, whatever the ad is for. Additionally, I just want to mention that if it is related to supplements, please listen to your body's and consult with your healthcare practitioner before taking anything. We want to be in tune with ourselves and we want to know what our body needs and what it wants and not just start ingesting something because you see it online. So I just want to clear the air on that. If anyone has any questions or comments, feel free to message me. Also want to say that I hope everyone is wearing a mask when they're out we need to be thinking about others and not just ourselves. So that's that. And now to our episode. Before we get into the episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors over at Ray Wellness. Ray is all about helping you shine from the inside out by providing evidence-based nutritional supplements packed with pure and powerful ingredients so you can feel your best all day, every day. You can find Ray at Target and online, or even better, you can subscribe to have your favorite supplements delivered right to your doorstep. And now when you start a subscription, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping when you spend over $20. So head over to raywellness.co today to get started. Now to the episode. Eve, thank you so much for joining me today for the first episode of season three, and I feel like it's almost been a year, Um, but we'll skip that part. Evelyn, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm good. So for those of you listening who have never heard of Evelyn, Evelyn, take it from here.
1: So a little bit about me. Um, I am kind of, I don't know, a a lot of things. So I'm the founder of a hike club here in Los Angeles called Hike Club, which is an intersectional women's hiking group that um, meets monthly. But obviously with COVID and things like that, we actually just recently restarted meeting in person, but we had to take a long break. Um, And I'm also a like freelance social media consultant person i'm a content creator i am a virgo
0: <laughs> i am it's very important um, for those <laughs> listening to, un- to really understand the importance <laughs> of earth signs to this planet
1: okay oh yes it is very important um I yeah I'm kind of like a jack of all trades I'm a self-taught nail artist it's just basically the things that I'm passionate about I go fully into so that's why I have all these little umbrellas underneath me because I just want to do all the things that make me happy
0: um I think it's so interesting talking to people and like myself and you for sure it's like you can't just put us in like to one category of what we do because there's so many different hats that we wear. Um, yeah. I, I think, think
1: like technically the phrase would probably be like a multi-passionate creative or something <laughs> like that. But uh you know, that's so like one-dimensional.
0: Yeah. Um So I want to just talk about first and foremost, the umbrella of wellness and your relationship with wellness since you were a kid. Um, and like I've followed you now for almost three years. and this is something that you've always been passionate about and I want to talk about your relationship with wellness since since you were introduced to it, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, um, I think, not i think i i know a large part of my relationship to wellness is a result of my background and when i say background i mean like my cultural background so i'm black and guatemalan and um i grew up in a household you know full of like alternative remedies for you know common like things like the cold or whatever Uh, and also just like very open to I guess what we call like new agey things so you know whether it was astrology or numerology or um, kind of using those sorts of tools to like access self and on a deeper level which really kind of allowed me to explore um, just like the whys when it comes to just like mental health and like the things that you know would like trigger me or just allowed me to look at things from like a more holistic perspective. So my sense of wellness has always been this very like layered um, experience that has infused a lot of like non traditional uh, things and that obviously has shaped the adult that I am and um, like my Love of nature and healing there, and yeah, that that's kind of how it's it started.
0: And I know that you're a huge like advocate for all the work that you do. Is so like your career, as I was you mentioned, is not one dimensional. You do so many things, and what I absolutely find so. not more so much fascinating, but admirable, is that you have taken hobbies, you have taken interests, and you have taken things that you're generally good at, like social media, community, and art, and you've created a career for yourself. And I think right now in this very moment, I don't know if you can agree with me, but I feel like you are exactly where you're supposed to be. and. What yeah, what do you what do you have to say about that? Um, no, I
1: I have been marinating on this thought a lot lately, obviously, because of everything that's going on and just um the way that I kind of align into this like greater ecosystem of things is just that, you know, everything has prepared me to be exactly who I am in this moment and to do the things that I needed to do. Um, I even think, you know, with my cultural background, like I mentioned, being Black in Guatemala and, and growing up with these very like two different perspectives. And obviously, right now we're talking about um, or there's a focus on the Black experience because of the current wind of the movement. And now people are really getting a look into what that actually means and, you know, seeing... uh the way that their friends and family and teammates, or you know whoever it may be, have been kind of experiencing life their entire existence, um, and then like on the other side being Guatemalan and, you know, being from an indigenous um, background and also like Spanish ancestry, um, like from my grandfather, that relationship and just um the way that like that kind of basically like generational trauma plays out too, just of like the oppression of Maya people specifically, which, um, my grandmother is. So I, I definitely think like, you know, when the universe was like, okay, you know, we're going to put you here to do what you need to do. And this is what your identity is going to be while you're here. Like it was very much intentional because I don't, I would not have the capacity, of like empathy and responsibility, and you know, uh, action that I have if I wasn't exactly who I needed to be.
0: Yeah, and I think also I read, I read in your recent interview that you activism is not a new topic for you. We're in a movement right now, but your activism started really early on, um, and even dating back to when, you know. Barack Obama was in office, you got to intern with Michelle Obama. So, how do you think that all of that really led you up to this moment specifically? Like, did you think that you would be in this position right now?
1: Well, it's interesting because, you know, activism obviously is more than just like a social media post announcing something or um, a one time action for myself. It really is just a part of my lifestyle. You know, and it it also doesn't have to be this like serious thing all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, Like creating the hiking group, for instance, is a form of activism. And that's obviously more rooted in like healing and joy and like lightheartedness. But it's still very much mission focused. You know, we have a clear objective and we have something to say. And that's why we're saying it and doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, I guess... I, I, yes and no. I did see myself as, or I've always seen myself as someone who is capable of making a difference and being able to to create change and you know uh, being a force for that. So that's the yes part. But on the no part, I guess I didn't see it manifesting in this way, and it's just like. You know, listening to that inner voice, um, and just going like just going one step at a time. And and I always say like it's just listening to like that call to do more. And for me, it's like that call to you know start the hiking group. Or back when I was in high school, it was like the call to um, to volunteer at like the Obama campaign, like grassroots office in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, when you take the step and you don't know where exactly that's going to get you, but you just know you have to take that step, so you do it, mm-hmm. and that's what I've just consistently done, and that's how I've gotten to this point where all of these little steps that I took because I was following the things that came naturally to me mm-hmm. have now morphed into this like, you know, how the power rangers when they all come together and they form that like big ass thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's what I feel like all of these things that are like quote unquote random have all formed become this like huge thing that I'm like sitting in the middle of um, just kind of operating from like it all served a purpose in order to get me to this place.
0: Just looking at you and where you are right now, I feel like you're like there is no one that I know that has, life has been more connected with everything that they've done leading up to this moment.
1: Well, I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, it's just like you know everything has really come together, and I I didn't see it looking
0: this way, but it makes sense. Yeah, and I'm trying to very I'm trying to pull up that Pharrell quote. Oh, I actually have it pulled up. You have it, so I'm going to read it out. I just found it as well. So, for those who follow Lemon Water, you just know that I'm I'm a quote. I love quotes. They just I don't know.
1: Feel like quotes are more than obviously just like a nice like reflecting point. Like it's they can also be like mantras that you can incorporate into your own daily life and. You know, they're just so much more than just plain words on a pretty like
0: picture or aesthetically pleasing graphic. And they can really like stick with us and inspire us to like make change and move forward. Um That's- so the Pharrell quote specifically was um he said, that's what separates us from a lot of folks. And not because we're better, but because we've decided to listen to that inner voice and a lot of people don't. Um, And I know you always link back to the listening to your inner voice. And when was the moment that you really actually started listening? Like, I know we all have gut feelings and I know a lot of us sometimes aren't really in tune with our body in that way but those of us that are push and move forward and really I guess it's more so believing your yourself and I know they say the gut feeling it's like your brain and your gut are so heavily connected when did that start for you well
1: I have had a clear connection to my purpose since I was a child Mm -hmm. and I know that that isn't necessarily um, the norm, I guess. And so my connection to that inner voice has been there from a very early age. And it's been the it's been everything. it's it's exactly why I've been able to, you know, get to all the places and and doors and all those things and through um you know, into rooms and all of those things. But um, really what it comes down to when it when we talk about that inner voice is that, you know, like in my planner right now, the quote that I have or the mantra that I have written down is the work that I do is not about me. Mm-hmm. Like it's this is not, you know, the Evelyn show. Like when I'm listening to that inner voice, it's a voice that is pulling the unique qualities out of me to serve like the greater collective that we are all a part of. And so the work that I do is just to be this mirror and to, to reflect or help others reflect and just like light the way and see themselves for, um, you know, the power that, they also have that inherently lives in each and every one of us because we are all fully capable of making a difference and a change and you know leaving a legacy on this earth, no matter what it looks like because it varies from person to person. Everyone has their own unique way of doing that. Um, so you know the inner voice for me is is absolutely everything. It, it is the guiding force that has just allowed me to um, get this far and continue to, to kind of go and give me a North Star of, you know, I don't necessarily know exactly where I'm going, but I, I have a sense of direction.
0: And you have purpose. And what do you have to say to people who really feel as though they their voice is too small? and i know you're such a huge advocate for you know explaining and getting the point across that our voice it doesn't matter who we are and whether we have a following or not that doesn't matter it's just every single one of us is here with purpose and we need to use it for something good so what do you have to say to people who kind of feel like their voices aren't significant because they're not loud enough type thing um i would say
1: that is well, absolutely false. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there there is no that that's just it's just not true. Mm-hmm. When, you know, obviously if you're listening to the to this podcast, like I've gotten to this point where I am this vocal person. I, I'm seen um way more than I have ever been seen, like in my life. And that is just like the recent history. When I look back to, you know being in like middle school and being a part of my friend's little like activism group that her mom started <laughs> where we would like go to uh assisted living facilities and like pass out lunches and things like that or you know being this like shy um like insecure like high schooler that was like serving on the youth advisory council who was scared as shit to just like talk and um you know, be heard, but, but was there and knew I had to do it. And I and knew I had to get through that uncomfortableness because I had, I, the, there was work to be done. Um, there's literally no such thing as having too small of a voice or not having um, enough power or whatever it may be to make some sort of change. Like you, one, just have to get over the fact that it is going to be inherently uncomfortable. I didn't, just roll out of bed one day and become this person. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, it's taken a lot of time. It's taken a lot of uncomfortable situations, a lot of um, you know shaky hands before I had to speak on a panel and things like that in order to get comfortably just like acquainted with really being heard. And even to most recently, you know, I created this video after going to like the first major protest that we had here in LA and i have a, a megaphone that i use for high club because the groups have gotten so big and even with you know the trajectory of my life raising my voice was still like a thing that was scary for me you mm-hmm. know addressing like a big group and having to like yell at people like that made me feel so uncomfortable so i bought the megaphone so i didn't necessarily have to yell Um, But I brought the megaphone with me to the protest and I was so nervous to even use it. Mm -hmm. Like it was just very um, still scary for me to like expose myself in that way. Mm -hmm. But then obviously I did use it and it was like the most cathartic experience of just being heard and like, being so intentional with my voice to the point where, you know, I was leading um, chants and a voice is coming out of me that I didn't even recognize that I I didn't even know I could be that loud as someone who, you know, likes to kind of just like, or was used to being kind of in the background of things and just, you know, adding my input here and there, or whatever. Um, it was just a lot for me to kind of like, put myself in, and center myself in a way where I people were looking to me for you know something like this. It's it was so uncomfortable, but I obviously got over that and am better for it. And we have to just continue to challenge what we know about ourselves because there's always room to grow. And I'm still growing with you know every day and moment and even a part of you know being in this movement um it's just one of those constant things like the only constant in this life is change and in order to actually create change and to grow like just change is one thing but in order to actually grow we have to continue to go through these uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. and um that's that's one thing that like you know if we were like oh like what what's one of the things that you really love about yourself is that no matter how scary it is i will never allow fear to stop me mm-hmm. from growing and getting myself into these uncomfortable situations i will always like take one for the team if it needs to happen and just keep going just go through it because that's that's ultimately at the end of the day, the work isn't about me. And because of that, I'll you know get through my personal feelings of uncomfortableness mm-hmm. if that means helping other people. And in the process, that's also helping myself.
0: There's two things that you mentioned that I want to talk about. But of course, first and foremost is that we all need to start somewhere, right? Yes. Um, even if it's something so small as volunteering. At, I say small because, again, like signing a petition or even volunteering somewhere, I just think that those are things that we're all really able to do. You mentioned that you typically like just being on the side, sometimes giving your input, but you're actions and your input actually lead to really big change and i want to talk about if you're okay with talking about um when you had worked at undefeated and when you used your voice and you got that billboard to happen i think that story is so inspiring i think to anyone um even within like if you're working at a company guys um if you're freelance just fighting for what you believe in can really make change. So I'm going to let Evelyn share that story as well.
1: Yes. So, you know, that, um, just to your last note of like fighting for something, it's so important for me specifically to just like, if I'm going to be seen as any sort of leader, then I need to be leading by example. And That's why, you know, even with like protesting and things like that, I made sure that I was out there, that I was showing that I was out there because if I want people to be there and if if I, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I have to also be leading that charge and doing the work. Exactly. People need to see that I'm not just talking about this. I'm also out here doing it. So, you know, pull up with your friends or whoever may be, um, or if it's a petition that's being shared, or if it's money that's being donated, it's just like, I'm. I have to do this if I'm going to be telling other people to do this, and I think that's very important, especially from an ally um, perspective, because ally is action. You know, you can't just like be an ally; you have to actively be that. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, leading by example is a huge part of that. And so, when you know, with this story about me um, at undefeated, this is just like another example of that. Leading by example, no matter how uncomfortable it may be, because we had the opportunity to get the first like woman up on um, the undefeated billboard. And if you are from LA or are familiar with undefeated, you know that on Librea, the undefeated billboard has just like always been a staple of social commentary and um, is just like one of the hallmarks of that street and so when we were approached about it it was for the world cup the women's world cup and nike really wanted to use that to kind of like further the marketing story that we were assisting with around women's world cup and the, the new jerseys and all of that so uh when they first brought it up to us they brought it up to myself and uh one of my colleagues who is a man. And um there were de- there's definitely some reservations about using it for like a woman's moment. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, we we put up throwback images all of the time. Why can't we find a throwback image of one of the like women's athletes that we've not that we've featured, but Basically, we can find an athlete to put up on this billboard, just like whether it's a woman or you know, whatever it is. Like at the end of the day, this World Cup story is still an athlete story. Mm-hmm. It still makes sense from a brand perspective. And there we shouldn't be pushing back on it because it's oh, this marketing play or whatever. Really, there was some underlying like, oh, this is a woman's moment and we don't do that sort of thing. And so I was challenging that and saying, like, no, we, we can make it work. So I took it upon myself to make it work. And I found a bunch of examples of like badass um, female soccer players uh, with like really cool, memorable moments. So obviously, you know, like Brandy Chastain was in there. Um, and uh, who else did I have in there? I had like a picture of like just all of the 99ers in there. And I also had um, a photo or a few options of like Brianna Scurry, who was the first black woman to be inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame. Also the first um, goal uh, female goalie to be inducted. So she's just like an all around badass, but her story has not been widely told mm-hmm. um, because she is a black woman. And so, you know, when we look back at that first Women's World Cup, that Photo of Brandi Chastain in her sports bra, like sliding onto the field, is like the star Sports Illustrated moment. But Brianna Scurry also saved um, a goal in that game and was just as much like a, an essential part of it. But again, we don't really hear her story. So I sent them all of these examples, and they were like, "Oh wow, okay, yeah, we can actually make this work." And I'm, I'm like, I'm not gonna say I told you so. <laughs> I told you so. No. Um, and so we send them off to get approved. It goes to uh, you know, the the higher ups, we'll say, and from there it comes down to two images. It's either the classic Brandy Chastain image or this like badass photo of Brianna Scurry. So the picture that I had put forth for Brianna Scurry was her saving that goal. But they came back and were like, "Okay, we're going. Let let's go with this picture instead." And it's like this picture of her with like her fist up, with like the captain's band on her sleeve. It was honestly, it was better than the photo that I had chosen. But because she is a black woman, I knew that like there could potentially be some pushback, and I just because of my own experience like I didn't necessarily think that they would be fully down to put her uh so like prominently in all of her glory in the way that that photo illustrates so when I saw that I was like hell yes this is so much better Mm -hmm. so those were the two images that they were like okay you can send them to Nike and um let them know that we can move forward with this. And so I was like, all right, we're only sending the Brianna Scurry moment to Nike. Because if we send the Brandi Chastain moment, they're gonna pick that one. That right. is obviously the the more commercial um pick. It's the it's the literal photo that has been seen, you know, time and time again. That story has been told. We need to tell Brianna Scurry's story. We she needs to have her moment. Um, in this way and so we only sent the Brianna Scurry photo it got approved you know my uh, Nike counterpart shout out to Rachel she was fighting on her side to make sure that it got through and it did she's also a woman of color Um, and so then ended up happening it was on display on La Brea and it's just you know with selecting Brianna Scurry the I obviously wanted her to be it from the start, but I knew I had to give more examples. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just because the implications that it had, I fully understood. Like, if you're a little black girl driving down the street with your parents and you look up and you see this billboard of this black woman, you know, doing something where black women aren't necessarily highlighted or represented much at all, um, that is opening your possibilities to who you can be, you know, representation matters, representation matters, representation matters. And I say that in a repetitive form because-
0: You can keep saying it.
1: (laughs) Because it is so important, you know, if you can see it, then you can be it. And for so many of us, you know, people of color, specifically in this country, but specifically Black people- Rep, the the lack of representation on in almost every vertical has been um just something that you know we all kind of collectively come together as an experience that stems from childhood of just like not feeling represented and seeing people doing in you know, the things that we you know, maybe had an interest in or whatever, like on the magazine cover or in, you know, television commercials, whatever it may be, there was just never enough representation. And so this is my ability or this is my, my opportunity to do something major for that block, do something intentional, do something that will send an echo, you know, to the, the little girls that are passing by that you can do this too. Um, and so when it went up, it was definitely emotional. Mm -hmm. And I ended up actually meeting Brianna Scurry, which is crazy because it was a total unplanned situation where I was basically walking into an event that was ending and they were trying to not let me in, but I ended up still getting in. Um, and I ran into her there. I ran into my counterpart at Nike, Rachel, who helped get the billboard up. She was with Brianna and she was like, Hey, I, w- I want you to meet someone. And here comes Brianna. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm not prepared for this <laughs> moment right now. And, you know, we got an opportunity to talk and she thanked me. And I'm like, Oh my God, why are you thanking me? Like, you broke down just so many barriers for, you know, the black women to come in, in the league. And it's just, yeah, it was just such a like heartwarming moment. We, we were able to kind of have that heart to heart and, um, you know, just the, the level of understanding Mm -hmm. from the like representational level was just there and have that dialogue of just like yeah no we we know what that what that experience is and so for her she was thanking me for being a catalyst to to telling her story in a bigger way and for me I'm thanking her for just existing and doing everything that she fucking did yeah. um to for me to be even able to assist in any way to amplify her message was just amazing so i was really grateful to just play some sort of role in all of this, and it was such a full circle moment. And I'm just so happy that it happened. And yeah,
0: it was. I'm just so happy that you were able to do that and able to execute that and were given, I hate that I have to say, be given the opportunity because I feel like you worked, you worked hard to get that approved. And for me, I hope we can get to a point where someone like you doesn't need to provide um, any sort of explanation in a boardroom filled with... I don't know what it was like back there, so I don't want to make any assumptions. Mm -hmm. But um, I hope that we get to a point where people in marketing or social media don't need to justify their requests or something like that.
1: Yes, that there is no—it's no—it's not a pushback. It's not like a, a a fighting back situation. And in this, while there were definitely like murmurs of like, "Oh, I, you know, I don't know about this," uh, whatever, um, there was definitely some like push and pull. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that that is the fight and the energy that we need to keep until we get to the point where. There is a level of understanding that we no longer have to fight about these sort of things, because the truth of the matter is, if I didn't fight back on it, it wouldn't have happened because no one really cared about it, and that's the thing. It's like I wrote this whole Twitter thread explaining the entire story, and in it, I specifically called out and said, and we we need to hire, you know, like women of color, specifically Black women. To tell these authentic stories and to tell these like enriching stories. If we're only ever hearing from the same perspectives, we're always going to be limited and we're always going to be just like recycling the same things. But if we want to dig deep and if we want to, you know, actually have a genuine perspective on like different subject matters, especially when it comes to Black culture and like streetwear and sneakers and things like that, like you have to hire. The people from the cultures that you're speaking about or representing in some sort of way—it's just that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to that sort of thing, like Black women really are these gatekeepers of um, really just about everything when it comes to to popular culture, because um, you know so much is sort of derived from the uh contributions of black women, and so obviously, I knew my position as a black woman on this marketing team, where I was dealing with only you know uh men as far as like the approval process and all of that goes mm-hmm. i i This is not a fight that I'm unfamiliar with, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and so the thing is it's like. Okay, I got myself through that door. So I'm responsible for now pulling other women of color in with me because we have to continue to have this sort of visibility and representation to do these sorts of things. It doesn't just stop with me, like, yay, okay, I'm I'm in here, it's great, but that's not enough. Mm-hmm. And um I think that's what I challenge everyone from a brand perspective, um, an organizational perspective is that it's you can't just have one of us. You know what I mean? That, that's, that doesn't really check off the box. It's, it's a commitment to listening to different perspectives and allowing them to flourish and creating safe and equitable places for them to exist in.
0: Taking a quick break for a message from our sponsors over at Ray Wellness. Living a big life requires some serious behind the scenes support and Ray is it. Ray is dedicated to supporting women making moves by providing evidence-based wellness solutions packed with pure and powerful ingredients so you can feel your best all day, every day. High impact without a high price tag, Ray supplements help improve your wellness, beauty, hormonal, and sexual health. Find Ray at Target and online, or even better, subscribe to have your favorite supplements delivered right to your doorstep. Now when you start a subscription, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping when you spend over $20. So head over to raywellness.co today to get everything you need to find your calm and shine from the inside out. So Again, since I went off topic, I'm so happy you were able to share that story with us. <laughs> um, but that's what I do. I go off topic all the time. I'm sorry. I feel like I went
1: three different places.
0: But, but it's important. I want your voice to be heard. And I want that story to be shared. Um, because again, wellness is about so many things. Um, it's not just about exercising. And it's not just about our mental health. It's about community and it's about the importance of inclusivity for everyone. Um, and circling back, because again, as I mentioned, Eve's life is so connected to everything that she does. Um, I think it was while, while you were at Undefeated, you started High Club. It was actually
1: before. So I started Hy Club in 2017. And honestly, I don't even remember where the hell I was in 2017. Um, but that's when High Club started. And I don't know if you want me to go into how it started uh, right now. Yeah.
0: So what I wanted to kind of lead into is when we spoke about no voice is too small and no group is too small. Now we know High Club to be this... I want to say you've built such a community and collective with so much education around the lack of representation and so many issues like racism and whiteness in the outdoors. But when you started at the core of it, the, the, the main core of it was that you wanted to women and especially women of color to feel comfortable in the outdoors
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, so back when I started in 2017, um it it was the result of me being just an avid hiker living here in LA. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily grow up being in the outdoors doing outdoorsy things aside from like being a kid in the neighborhood who plays in the woods and does that kind of stuff with their friends. You know what I mean? Like, but my parents weren't taking me on camping trips or hiking trips or anything like that. That wasn't something that I really got into until I started visiting my aunt who lives in LA and she would take me hiking. And that kind of gave like opened this new world to me. And it's part of the reason why I moved here because I loved having nature like so accessible or so so accessible in terms of having so many different sorts of environments so close, um, and so I would hike here, and sometimes I would go up by myself, which is not necessarily the safest thing because you don't see someone for maybe like thirty minutes. And as a woman, obviously, we have to take certain precautions that like men don't necessarily have to think about. Um, and then it's
0: the a whole issue in itself. But
1: yes, yes, exactly. And so <laughs> I also started going on road trips. Um, to like the southwest which i had never visited before, until i had moved to la and so i went to the grand canyon i went to zion national park and i also went to like page arizona that was like my first road trip those were my first uh two national parks that i had been to and i was 23 years old which is so crazy mm-hmm. I, I didn't go to a national park until i was 23 but that just goes to show you like, I just how, you know, all of this stems from not, not like a, almost a lack of education and a lack of interest because historically, which we'll get into that later, um, there have been structures that have been put in place for, for that to be a thing. So going to these places, I realized that there aren't very many people who looked like me in the space or i would be the darkest skin person on the trail and if i'm the darkest skin person on the trail then we're leaving out a huge you know group of people that are not being represented in the outdoors and so that was an issue for me that i was like well i can provide some sort of solution by starting my own sort of um hike group specifically for women because of the whole you know safe space thing uh their strength in numbers um but also to one show that people of color are interested in these spaces and do like nature mm-hmm. um, two to make it accessible and you know i I just needed to be led into this space, and once I was there the it like fully opened up for me, so I wanted to be able to do that for more people, and in doing so. In me getting out there, I've also been able to use that as like the biggest catalyst on my own healing journey and just, you know, unpeeling like the layers of self. So uh High Club really just comes together and and takes all of these elements to be this like healing, nurturing um group to just get women, specifically women of color, out into nature to figure out what that means for them and to just learn and um grow from a new perspective that maybe they did not grow up with like i did
0: did you ever see it getting as big to what it is right now especially during the time where you can't even you can't even execute the hikes that you wanted to
1: i know no absolutely not when i started it i literally just um, made the instagram page i told my friends we're all going to go hike at the griffith observatory Here's the information. See you there. It <laughs> came, we took pictures, and that's how it actually started. So I did not imagine that it would be this thing that it is now. And um it really is just like, I mean, it's obviously growing very rapidly in this present moment because it's providing this, you know, sort of solution to a lot of. The issues that we like try to educate and speak on. And it's so needed at um a time like this. Cause obviously this is work that we've been doing and uh you know being going into nature is trendy, hiking is trendy now. I mean now- I was
0: gonna say you were, you were doing this before it became a trendy thing. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then marrying that with the intention of getting people of color, women of color specifically in the outdoors and now with the current wind of the black lives matter movement it's just like bam this like perfect storm that brewed that is high club and it's just taking off and i'm like okay you know now we're we're doing all the things to get um our ducks in a row to be like all right we have to really solidify just like from an organizational standpoint some things so that we can continue to grow as we are growing at a rate that we didn't even foresee.
0: Yeah. And I think what what's an amazing thing that you're doing, we talk so much about the lack of representation in the outdoors and the lack of inclusivity. And I think it was a few months back, um, Patty, I'm saying Patty right correctly, right? Yes. Okay, so it was whiteness in the outdoors, but there are so many other layers that I think that Hyclerb and is it just, is it you just working on the Instagram page right now?
1: So, Hyclerb right now is uh, myself, my friend Jen, who I actually met while working at um, the Honest Company, which is one of the, the few good things that came from that experience. Um, and my, another friend of mine, Stephanie, who does all of the creative and artwork that you see Mm -hmm. for
0: so now you have this group, your mini community that's helping execute, I guess the vision, but there is so many different layers. And I think High has already done, has already shared two of those, like, informative carousels on Instagram and you were really providing education to people who did not know about racism in parks and racism in the outdoors. And how does that make you feel now seeing that it's grown in such momentum? I think the, the racism in the outdoors post was shared over what, 20,000 times or something like that? Um,
1: honestly, I can't Mark even <laughs> remember how many shares it has at this point Uh, but that literally like blew me away the response um because you know when we talk about the outdoors basically the the way that the outdoors are shaped is totally rooted in whiteness and when we talk about the frontier and when we talk about pioneers and we talk about uh like being the first to find these sorts of things those things are just obviously fundamentally not true. Mm -hmm. There have always been Native people who have existed on this land. They were just pushed aside and uh, erased from the history of it with words like that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I get interviewed and people ask me about High Club, they always ask me like, well, why don't you think that more Black people um are interested in hiking or why don't you think there are more black people out there and i'm like well i don't have to think about it because there are facts that show exactly why it is the way that it is mm-hmm. and obviously that history starts with the erasure of the indigenous people who this land actually belongs to and so you know when you think about the outdoors you think about these like beautiful instagram pictures in slot canyons in you know, these like majestic places and everyone loves to go out there and, and um, just talk about the beauty. But the the truth behind the beauty is very ugly. And mm-hmm. it's, it's rooted in violence. It's rooted in warfare for one of them having to get... And when I say them, I mean like the original like uh, settlers mm-hmm. getting the indigenous people off the land so that they could use it in whatever way that they wanted. Um, and then, you know, so, okay, we've cleared, we, we basically stripped these indigenous people, the, the people who are native to this land of their rights to the land. So now everyone else wants to come in and enjoy these things, but these things were not built for everyone else. These things were built for the enjoyment of white people, and so we see things like Jim Crow and segregation, and all of those um, sorts of like historical elements were also triggled into, you know, these national parks. Like, for instance, the national park that I grew up, you know, a few hours away from Shenandoah, was one of the last national parks to integrate. And that for me was just like, wow, this makes so much sense of why I spent 23 years in Virginia and never, <laughs> never went one to that party yeah. specifically, um, but just like never had this like outdoorsy experience because if, you know, my great grandparents were being denied entry or had to have some sort of like lesser... Experience that came with the risk of violence and all of these other sorts of things of just enjoying these picturesque places, so to speak. um, Then, why would they tell my grandparents about these places to go and enjoy if you know all of these like negative connotations are around it? And then, why would my grandparents teach my parents to go to these places? And then, why would they teach me to go? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, it's deeply rooted in the um, fact that that these spaces were not meant for people like me. And that is bullshit. And mm-hmm. I'm doing my part to change that along with so many other people and so many other groups who are also doing this work to kind of fight against white supremacy in the outdoors specifically. And, um, you know, it's right now, it's just like, everyone's questioning everything and we need to keep doing that. We need to decolonize our minds or uh, kill the settler mindset to move forward because a lot of the things that we know and have just kind of like accepted are false, just a lot of falsehoods. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that they don't teach us in school that mm-hmm. we need to be learning.
0: Yeah. and Like I was just going to mention, like the education, especially on your page specifically, this isn't something that we as children, as students, or this isn't something that is going to be taught in a textbook. This isn't something that a teacher is going to educate their students on. Um, So it's on us to do the research and to listen to, you know, the voices that are currently speaking and it's going to continue requiring to have these uncomfortable conversations, not even with others, but also internally with ourselves. Like you said, to decolonize our, whoa. <laughs> to <laughs> decolonize, <love> <laughs> decolonize our minds because, um, yeah, we're all just being faced with it right now.
1: Yes. And just to go on, um, the parks little graphic that we did like the, this, so what we call them are like the uh, like racism in blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, it's just like this racist history is continuing to write itself every single day. When Mm -hmm. you look at parks and the violence and even most recently, like all the white people who are calling police, the calling the police on black people just existing in parks, whether it's birding or barbecuing or whatever it is, Um, there we're, we're still dealing with that sort of thing. And even down to black people being found lynched in public parks, still Mm -hmm. to this day, it is ongoing. And it's just so important that, you know, we look to the past to give us the, the reality of what it is, um, of why we are at the place that we are now, but also to look at what's happening right now because it's still unfolding and there's still so much work to do. And
0: I just want to thank you for always using your voice and also just having this conversation with me right now for those listening, um, because I know, I hope it's not as eye-opening for some people. I think at this point, like, you've done the work and you understand that it's racism is not a new topic. Um, But I mean, thank you for your work and thank you for keep, keep doing it. Well, I appreciate
1: you very much for bringing me on here and, um, you know, allowing me to use this platform to just talk about these important things that need to be talked about.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that they, um, I think in the wellness space specifically, there's so much to discuss on this topic. Um, oh, yeah. That's but, one little baby piece. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I want to know how are you doing and what do you see next for Heck Club right now? I think that. As we know, COVID is not going away, unfortunately, um, especially in your area where you currently reside. But you did just have a hike and it was successful. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited that you got to do that with your community. So, I mean, right now, are you hoping to continue to be able to do mini social distancing safe hikes in the outdoors? Yes.
1: So, um we're just trying to keep it as intentional as possible obviously with the this last hike that we did it was to help support a bill that was in the california um, senate to basically put um, measures in place that would require a specific amount of distance from the oil fields that we have here in la because. Even though LA is like this like greenwashed city that everyone thinks like everyone's drinking green juice and everything is recycled and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We are also home to the largest urban oil field in the country. So, um, and those oil fields are obviously in predominantly black and brown neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, that is environmental racism. And uh, it just, everything aligned because the place that we had been planning to go for our next hike is a place where you can see the oil fields literally right across the the like highway that's right there. So um we took that opportunity to talk about this bill, inform people, get people to sign the petition. We made signs, we took a smaller group than we usually have because of COVID out there, and we were able to spark um, conversations on the trails and off the trails. And it was just really, really great because that at the end of the day, that is like peak high club, that this is what we're, we're trying to do is just tie it all in because this uh, like stru- structural, um racism is just, it's tied into everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, now moving forward, we're just going to continue to meet in smaller groups as it's fit you know we d- we don't want to do anything that's too regular with um covid having this like spike right now yeah. and continuing our educational series but also um have some potential uh items kind of like on on the dock, as far as you know speaker series and um video series and working with some fun brands and having more merchandise just a lot of things are on the table right now so it's an an exciting time
0: i like the sneak peek Um, exclusive you just gave us
1: (laughs) so yeah it's it's a really exciting time for high club and that's why we're just trying to buckle down now so that we will be ready for all of the things to come
0: and how is eve how is evelyn taking care of herself right now
1: she is struggling, let me tell you, because my schedule has just been so erratic with being out protesting and doing, you know all these sorts of things that I can't really schedule. Um, so with that said, I'm going on my bike rides. I am drinking my celery juice and cooking for myself and um, meditating, also journaling. And I'm thankfully going on a much needed road trip, actually, this week to um, actually tomorrow (laughs) to get a break and just get away from things and just kind of like be off the grid for a little while because I have to make sure that I'm recharging. And, you know, I will say baths have been such a like sacred practice for me through all of this, Mm -hmm. as far as just like releasing. Things and releasing energy specifically, and of course, hiking um, in the midst of all of this. So, I'm trying to do what I can, but what I'm going to focus on for the month of July is figuring out some sort of routine so that I can depend on these sort of like uh, actions that help release all of these all the information, all the energy and all the emotions and things that I'm feeling as a result of doing more work than I'm used to. So,
0: And I feel like I always say this to you, but just watching you from afar, from Toronto, I'm just so inspired and you give me so much motivation because I just literally see you blossoming into this human that you are supposed to be. And I don't want to get emotional, but it's like, it's really, really amazing to watch. And, um, I just, I like, I can't say enough about that. And I think, you know, how I feel, (laughs) but, um, I just want you to keep taking care of yourself because you are taking care of the world too. Well,
1: I appreciate you very much that makes me feel really emotional and it makes me feel (laughs) like I'm doing my job because like I said, at the beginning of this, the work that I'm doing is not about me. It's about, you know, helping light the way for others. So if if it's coming across and it's, it's inspiring you to Want to do more or to listen to whatever calls to do more that are coming from inside of you? Then I that just makes me feel so happy and fulfilled.
0: And that's what we're like. I feel like every human just wants to feel fulfilled, right? At the end of the day. Definitely. And making sure that they do good work. Um, So before we sign off, this has been a long episode. And I thank you all for sticking through if you have made it to the end. (laughs) I hope you have. But for those of you who aren't already following Eve on Instagram, it's at Eve meets Wes. Eve meets Wes. I can't speak today. I can't either. I don't. It's Mercury's in retrograde. There's a lot going on. It needs to stop. Um. Yeah. Mercury's I'm getting warded. Like, you had a computer situation. Is your computer better?
1: Yeah, I got a new computer. My I killed my old computer, and it's an embarrassing story. Oh God.
0: So rest in paradise, to Evelyn's whole <laughs> Um. And also follow high Club. There is tons of education on there, and. There are going to be tons of fun initiative and activities for the community members to get involved. Um, so do that. Anything else you want to sign off with on Evelyn? Um, well, I just want to thank you
1: again for having me on here. It is always a pleasure and I'm thankful for your platform and for your amazing quotes that you share Thanks. because they always really hit me where they need to Um, and I'm just excited for what's to come and I will also actually be launching like a community another community organization that um, serves Actually, you know what? I won't even get fully into it, but I'll just say there's more to come. There's a lot more to come. There's
0: always something up your sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) There really is. I'm excited. Okay. Thank you guys. And hope everyone has a good day.